0: Ion on 2020, episode 78. Have 2020 vision with Ion on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton, your host of ION 2020. Thank you for joining me today. I've been covering the news and all those related events with regards to this 2020 election for about the last couple of months now. About three months now, actually. And I uh, appreciate you joining me. I was out all last week uh, doing a cruise that I went out with my family. So appreciate you sticking by, with, uh, sticking by me for the last week or so while I put out a bunch of episodes that were just pre-recorded. Uh, hopefully I gave you some good information as well. Uh, one of my favorite ones was when I did that town hall of uh, of Howard Schultz. I thought that was a pretty fun episode. I got to p- pull out a bunch of clips and stuff from his town hall and just did a little bit of critique on him. So I liked that one. There was a few other ones as well. I did one on my uh, the reason why I'm doing this show and you know a bunch of other episodes. Oh, one on democratic socialism as well. So if you want to go back and check out episode 77 and the uh, four previous to that, you can go ahead and check those out as well, because those were uh, just some pre-recorded shows that I did while I was on the cruise, but now I'm all rested up and I'm back and uh, ready to to bring you guys some of the news and information that's going on with regards to this 2020 election. Uh, a lot of things have changed. I'm not, sorry, I can't even say that. Not much has changed since I left, and uh I, you know, you go away for a week, and if you watch the news on Friday and Saturday before you leave for a cruise, you think the entire world's going to blow up by the time you're done, right? Uh, by the time you get back here and be like, oh my god, everything's changed. The world's coming to an end. And, uh, you know, the world's still here. Stock market's still, you know, right around 26000 with the Dow Jones. Uh, debt still went up. National debt still went up and still around $22 trillion. Um, you know, 401K is still doing okay. Things like that, you know. There's, there's not much has really changed or anything like that. The world's not falling apart overall in my world, anyway. But uh, there, you know, there's some some things that have happened, and it's, it's really really scary things that are going on overseas right now. I got I, I, I literally did not get to watch the news the entire time I was gone, which was crazy. Uh, and I don't usually watch a lot of the news anyway, but I keep an I read a lot of the news and I keep an eye on what's going on. But I intentionally did not get the internet. While I was on this cruise, and the reason why is because I just wanted to clear my mind, focus in on my family, spend that time with my two kids and my wife, uh, see some cool islands and do some fun stuff. And if uh, you've never been on a cruise, definitely worth checking out. Uh, they're very fun. If you, like, if you don't mind being around 4,000 other people, which that, was kind, of, that kind of drove me crazy. Uh, don't really. I, I enjoy talking with people, and I really enjoy being around people. And I enjoy all that fun. But waiting in lines drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, can't stand that, and that that was the one drag on the cruise. But the food was good, entertainment was fun, all that stuff. Comedians were great. Uh, one guy from New York, I swear that he stole something from Dave Smith. Dave Smith has his own show, part of the problem, and he's a comedian also. And I swear, I was listening to one of his the 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 segments that he this particular comedian did about um, transsexuals and you know kids that are nine years old being transsexual, and uh, he said. He said, you know, when I was nine, I didn't even know which, which Lunchable was my favorite. How am I going to know if I'm going to be a male or a female uh, going forward? Like, I swear that came from Dave Smith. Uh, this guy's from New York. He might, he might be in the same circles as Dave Smith as well. So I know comedians are, often do steal each other's lines and things like that, uh, which is totally unacceptable in that world, I've heard. But, uh, so, I mean, on a cruise ship, what are they going to do, right? He he could throw that out there, and no one's me watching him. But anyway, the entertainment was good. That was fun. Uh, now I'm back though, and I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be actually going back to work, and that's uh, that's crazy that you think that. But I actually enjoy my job, and I enjoy what I do, and I really enjoy bringing you guys to this show as well. So that's uh, really exciting to be back. But while I was gone, you know, I, I noticed one thing is that Joe Biden is gonna be announcing his candidacy on Wednesday this week. So in two days from now, he will be announcing his candidacy, and that'll throw up his webpage. Uh, He might be doing an exploratory committee right off the bat, or he might be jumping right into it. Who knows? But he is starting to lag in the polls slightly from what I've seen. Uh, There's one poll recently that came out. uh, I I believe it was on Friday it came out, showing that Bernie Sanders was ahead of Joe Biden. Uh, Overall, in a national poll, Joe Biden's still leading Bernie Sanders in Iowa, but Bernie Sanders is cutting that lead. And Bernie Sanders has been campaigning for two months now, whereas Joe Biden hasn't been doing any campaigning. So you just wonder where he's at, and he needs to get himself into the race in order to uh, shore up a lot of his support, get that money, get those donations. Um I wonder if he's going to be kind of like the Hillary Clinton in the pack, but you know what? There's like 18, 19 people that are running right now on the Democratic ticket uh, trying to get that nomination, so it's totally not 2016 right now. It's definitely not where he had Bernie Sanders running against Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton got all the money. Bernie Sanders got some of the money, and then the other two candidates that were running against Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton literally were in one debate. That's it. But By the time that debate was over, both of them dropped out, so there wasn't much that those guys even did. Who even knows who they are? Uh, not me. I remember. I think one of them was the governor of Virginia, and uh, I think he ended up being her running mate, actually. So, and then uh, the other one, I think, was like the government of governor of Delaware or Maryland or something. But uh, neither of them, you know, were able to do anything. But now we got eighteen people running against, you know, Bernie Sanders basically and uh, Joe Biden. You got 18 other or 16 other people running against those two because those are the two that are the front runners. But when you look at the polls, Joe Biden is slowly getting overcome by Bernie Sanders. And then you got Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg that, um, boot edge, edge. You say it boot edge, edge. That's how you pronounce it. I saw that on TV yesterday. But, uh, you got B, Buttigieg, that's, uh, creeping up in the polls and the guy, I think he's 37 years old and he has a, he has a message that, uh, is kind of like he's going towards the middle. You know, he's a, he's a military veteran. He's trying to, you know, toe that middle line. He's trying to be the new face of the democratic party, things like that. And, uh, he's creeping up in the polls. He's getting a lot of donations. I think he came in third in one of the polls I looked at recently, which was crazy. And then you have Kamala Harris, uh, and a few others that are, you know, right behind him. And Elizabeth Warren, I think she was coming in fifth or sixth in the last poll that I looked, followed by Cory Booker, who was getting like 1% or 2% of the vote. And then there was a few others that were at 1% or 2% as well, and then everyone else was, you know, around that 1% or 2% as well. Um, don't see. And I've seen Andrew Yang getting a little bit of publicity and stuff. Uh, and I know, that like, in the libertarian circles, I've heard people mentioning him as a good possible candidate, and I, th- I did an episode on him. Uh, I just don't feel like this, uh, this universal basic income idea that he has is a, is a winning idea. I expressed that last week in one of my shows. And, you know, I know that it was brought up by lots of libertarians in the past. And they're even saying, you know, he might even w- try to run as a libertarian if he doesn't get very far as a Democrat, which... Uh, he's definitely not a libertarian on any of his views at all, except for he calls for this universal basic income that has been espoused by some libertarians in the past. But that is not a libertarian ideal, and that is not part of the libertarian platform either. And so I don't know if that would help him out at all if he was running on that type of, uh, you know, running with that as part of his platform as a libertarian, he's not going to do that. He might try to run as an independent if that's the case, but if he's not getting much traction as a Democrat, I don't know if that's going to help him out at all. But yeah, that's where the polls are at. But Joe Biden getting in the race on Wednesday, uh, that's what they're saying. That's what all the news reports are saying that I've read. And, uh, I'm sure it'll be good for him to get his foot or get himself into this race because, you know, he needs to be out there campaigning like everybody else. And, all these people are in Iowa now, and Joe Biden is winning in Iowa, so he needs to get down there and just make his case to those people, let them know that he cares about them, let them know uh, what he's going to be running on, what his platforms are going to be. I was hearing that he's going to try to move to the left a little bit to try to bring over some of those people that are like the Bernie Sanders supporters, some, some of those people that are towing the line between that Democratic Socialist view and just the moderate Democrat view. Uh, we shall see what he does, but he obviously has to swing to the left just a little bit in order to try to bring some of those voters over. But his next step will be once he does get the uh, Democratic nomination, he will have to swing to the middle and bring in those, you know, Midwestern voters that are going to be voting based upon their uh their pocketbook and their wallet you know those those blue collar workers and Joe does appeal to those guys Joe Biden does appeal to those people so uh, we shall see but I've heard a lot of Democrats that are just saying listen we just want someone that's going to beat Donald Trump and that's what's going to happen now the other big news everyone knows about this by now the Mueller report uh was dropped boom it's out there and I was reading through that thing and uh I think I read about the first thirty or forty pages or so. There's four or five hundred pages of that thing, and I didn't get through the whole thing. But uh, you get through, you know, just the the wrap up of it of what's going on, and it did clear Donald Trump pretty pretty handsomely, actually. Um, that he did not collude with the Russians. There's no evidence of it at all. Um, that there's no collusion between the Trump administration and the Russians. The most, the only thing that he's really guilty of, honestly according to that, when it comes to the collusion, the thing that he's guilty of is the Russians trying to make contact with him. But I'm sure they were trying to make contact with Hillary Clinton as well. Um, you know, they were, the they, Russians are definitely trying to have some kind of influence. There, It's proven, you know, it's shown that there was Russian involvement, Russians, not the Russian government specifically. I don't think there's any link to the or it didn't show specific links to Vladimir Putin by any means, uh, but it did show links to a a business out of St. Augustine, Russia, that I think it was the Internet Resource Academy or something like that. And they were it was a business that was run by a businessman out of St. Petersburg that was set up in the United States, and they hired they said a couple of dozen or you know, a little over a dozen people to put out, you know, fake news on the internet through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's what they were saying. And so a couple dozen people hired to put out fake news on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They spent about $100,000 on Facebook ads, and that was the major... um, collusion that was going on not the major collusion sorry the major thing that was going on with the Russian some business person who may have or may or may not have had lunch with Vladimir Putin or some pictures with Vladimir Putin in the past or something right and this is the this person hired a dozen people or a couple dozen people or so to and spent a hundred grand on Facebook ads that's what they're saying and then also the Russian government supposedly was trying to make contact with Donald Trump and his uh, candidacy. And this was all going on since about 2014. So this was way before Donald Trump was planning on running uh, for president. So I think they would have done the same thing to whoever their front runner was. Uh, whoever the Republicans chose as their frontrunner, they would have tried to get in contact with him. Now, Donald Trump did retweet some of their, of those uh, fake news propaganda pieces that were being published on Facebook. I guess Donald Trump did retweet one or two of those, uh, and so did his campaign. And I guess he mentioned a rally that this particular organization put on in Florida. So there was a there was a rally that happened in Florida that was put on by this organization that was for you know that was pro Trump, and it brought a bunch of people in, and then Donald Trump made mention of it in a tweet as well. So um, that's what the report found. Now the big news in the report, as you guys know, and I still hear people talking and referring to no collusion. Um, But the press has moved on from collusion. So let's just get away from that subject altogether, right? The press has moved on from collusion completely. They're not talking about it whatsoever. Um, What the press is now talking about is obstruction of justice. Did Donald Trump try to obstruct justice by telling his people, telling people within his campaign, but also within his administration to kind of, you know, get this thing quieted down to stop this investigation? He threatened to fire Robert Mueller. Uh, he tried to get his, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, people around him to not talk. He told them to lie, supposedly, or he may or may not have told them to lie. There's no conclusive evidence either way. It seems like, according to this report, but that is going to be the big conversation for the next two years. I guarantee it. Is Donald Trump attempted to obstruct justice? Within this thing, he wasn't—he wasn't, he wasn't uh, leaving himself open to questioning by the Mueller team that was doing the questioning. Uh, he put them off, I guess, for a year before he was even willing to answer questions, and he was only willing to answer questions th- that were written questions that he could write down. So obviously, he had to have a team around him to make sure he didn't say anything. But and a lot of things that, that a lot of the questions that they answered were, "I do not recall." Things like that, so very legal ease type of stuff that was going on, um, was that obstruction the obstruction of justice? Was it? Uh, there's no conclu- conclusion that says that it is, but he also did say that um, he didn't feel like he had the legal precedent to go ahead and file charges against the sitting president. So I don't know. I mean, I my feeling is is most likely Donald Trump uh, thinking that this is. Just a hoax, thinking that this is uh a lot of b s probably very well towed the line on what he was saying to people i mean he's he's one of those people that speaks out of turn all the time he's one of those people that speaks in public very openly, so maybe he said things that were out of the ordinary out of the ordinary that a president usually wouldn't say, and maybe he did toe that line and maybe step over it a few times um but we shall see. I'm sure that Democrats on their side are going to beat the pants off of this guy over this thing and and will not drop it. The press, if you watch MSNBC, I mean, I think they had like two or three hours the other night of just news on this whole Mueller report. And they're just going over it and going over it. And it's, it's just been nonstop. Um, so we'll see. And Fox News, they're defending the guy, of course. That's very predictable as well. So... Um, I think Mitt Romney came out against Donald Trump on this thing and said that he shouldn't be lying and he shouldn't be doing this and he shouldn't be doing that. And then Donald Trump came back and hit him hard and said, you lost in 2012, so you might as well be quiet. Absolutely hilarious that he does those things. I always think it's very funny the way that Donald Trump handles these things. It's at least entertaining if you don't like the guy. Um, I don't necessarily like the guy, but I think it's entertaining to watch. So uh, that's fun. Uh, it, it, it sort of, in a way, makes a mockery out of the country that we live in, sometimes when all this stuff is happening and the way that he responds to it. Um, but you know what? I love the people in this play, the country that we live in. Uh, the federal government is obviously our enemy in a lot of ways, taking our freedoms from us and taxing us and confiscating our wealth and confiscating our livelihood, um, trying to enslave our children in some ways. And to me that that is, uh, something that I enjoy watching the circus act that's going on because it, it breathes illegitimacy. It just shows people that, you know, what's going on up there is just completely illegitimate that there is no, you know, there's no good guys and bad guys up there. They're all bad guys. And we all know, we know that for a fact. Um, one thing that happened while I was gone as well, that passed me by is tax day tax day, I'm gone for a week and tax day happened. And I'm just like, I come back and I said, whoa, I just worked for the entire year for free to pay for the government. I did. Because if you look at your taxes, we pay about 25 to 30% of your money in taxes, um, and federal income taxes, if that's what you pay as a family, and that would be making over, I think, seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars a year, you're going to pay twenty-five percent of your money in taxes. Don't don't quote me on that because I'm not sure, but let's say you make as a family a hundred thousand dollars a year in tax, hundred thousand dollars a year, twenty-five thousand dollars going to go to your government. So you basically just worked for, you know, from January, February, March, and part of April to pay for your federal government, and so. If you ask me that first part of the year, you are essentially, I hate to say it, if you're working for free for somebody else, that all that you get goes to somebody else, that's no different than slavery, right? So um, just wanted to let you guys know about tax day. And the income tax, uh, I was doing a little bit of research on this before I started talking, or before I started this show, the income tax was, you know, 1913 it got passed. They were trying to pass this thing for about the last 20 years before that, because in 19, or excuse me, in 1872, the income tax that was passed to fund the Civil War expired, right? That was 1872, and then by 1895, they were trying to get another income tax through, and they could not because the, the, uh, the, the, the Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional. And they always like the, the federal government's always trying to get your hand their hands on your money um and they pass these things in ways that are very you know underhanded right like they they passed they passed one thing to make it so senators you know are not they Senators are not just elected by the state to represent the state, but they're elected by the people and that was one of the first things to go in order to get something like an income tax passed right um but there's lots of things that the government did to try to make the income tax get passed and finally they they did get it passed in 1913 through a fed, through in the amendment process to the constitution with the passage of the 16th amendment and there's a lot of people that call for the 16th amendment to be abolished and the reason why is because initially in the constitution it said that the federal government could not individually tax people that it had to be done through the states right so the states can tax people and then they can send that money to the federal government but now the federal government can officially tax you and me uh individually and they have all the power in the world to do that and it's all you know that's slowly trickling away your rights that's your liberty that's being trampled on and they had to pass an amendment to make that happen and they did um and the way that they did that was to promise people that the tax would only be around one percent for the normal person. I think it was people that were under six hundred dollars per year. Might have been a little more than that. So around you know, under six hundred dollars per year, they're gonna pay one percent of their income in taxes and that so that's six bucks. And then you're gonna pay for the people that are, you know, making a little bit more than that, I think the tax would be like maybe one or two percent. But I think the top tax bracket when they passed their income tax in 2013 was around five percent. But from what I've heard and from what I've read, they were saying that within six year or within five years of it being taxed so two thousand or excuse me nineteen eighteen, within five years, they had gotten that tax up to five percent on the individual no it seven percent, sorry, seven percent so they had raised it by six percent on individuals making $600 per year or less so that just blows my mind but all it is what the what politicians do and what the federal government does is they try to get their foot in the door and then they jam it open uh and then they then they're fully in you know confiscating all of your liberty and your freedom so what you should do is keep in mind you know from a libertarian perspective we th- believe that taxation is theft right but you if you're not a libertarian you should keep in mind that when a federal when the federal government says it's going to do something you know there's always they're just trying to get their foot in the door so they could pound that door wide open and for example a carbon tax if you allow the federal government to do a carbon tax you're me looking at yeah we're just gonna do a small tiny tax right off the bat but it's a revenue source and it's a revenue source that the that the politicians are going to try to exploit because they're always trying to get their grubby hands on more of your money. And they're going to try to get their grubby hands on the business money. They're going to try to get their hands on your money. And that's what they did with the income tax. 1% was the initial tax. Um, So $600, I believe back then was around making $10,000 a year, right? So $10,000 a year, let's use today's numbers, $10,000 a year, you're going to pay 1% to the federal government, nowadays you pay zero on on anything under twenty two thousand dollars for a family. I think it's fifteen thousand dollars for, for us, or for fifteen thousand dollars for an individual and twenty two thousand dollars for a family. So you pay zero on that. But then when it goes up from there, you're gonna pay you know ten percent up to forty thousand dollars or so. Uh, and then it goes up to 15%, 25%. I think the highest tax bracket is twenty, is 33% right now. So they're slowly able to get more and more of your money. And more and more of the, the revenue that comes from the government is through the income tax nowadays. And that's never going to go away. But that's just the way that the federal government works. They always are trying to get more of that tax money. And that's what politicians do. They try to get their foot in the door with one thing that sounds great. And then they barge right in and they t- confiscate your liberty from you. So when fe- when libertarians talk about uh, taxation being theft, what they mean by that is that you worked hard for your money. That's your money. You, the government does not own it. But when the federal government, t- when the you know politicians talk about it, they they talk about it as if they're letting you keep more of your money. They always say it. You you hear it all the time when you're listening to politicians talk, right? They say, well, if we if we lower the taxes to 22%, then the federal government is going to be losing money. No, the federal government is going to be confiscating less money, but it's not going to be losing money because it's not their money in the first place. That is not the federal government's money. That's your money. And the idea is like this. If you were living in a world that was tax-free, right? If it was just you and, let's say, a million other people, right, that were just living... You know, in in the state of nature, a million of you guys are living in the state of nature, and you're sitting in your house, hanging out, and your family's sitting there in the house, and you guys are just watching TV, relaxing, eating some dinner, doing whatever, right? And someone comes, and then you go to bed, and someone breaks into your house and steals your stuff. Let's say they steal all your stuff, right? Then you wake up, and all your stuff is gone. Except for the bed that you're sleeping in, obviously. So, that's theft, because the person came in and confiscated all your stuff, Right? Um, They stole it from you. They broke in against your will and they stole that from you. But what if the person comes in and only steals 10% of your stuff? Is that okay? No, you're still going to say, you're still going to call a police officer and say, hey, man, someone broke into my house and stole my stuff, right? That's your stuff. Well, what if that person comes and breaks into your house and then leaves a note and says, hey, listen, man. I, I just stole 10% of your stuff, you didn't need it anyway, don't worry, but I'm going to take 10%, I'm going to keep one, I'm going to keep one or 2% for myself, but I'm going to give the other 8% of what I stole, you know, the other 8% of your stuff to the poor, I'm going to hand it out and distribute it to the poor, does that make it alright? No, of course not, we would still say, we'd still call the police and say, hey man, this person, you know, broke into my house and stole my stuff. Here's the letter that he gave, but the police officer is still going to say, hey, well, it's still stealing. But what if he comes and he knocks on your door and puts a gun up and says, give me 10% of your stuff because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give, you know, after I take a little bit for myself, I'm going to give most of that, that money to the poor. I'm going to go help people out with it. And you obviously don't want to get shot in the head, right? So you're going to walk in, give him 10% of your income, and he's going to walk away. That's still the- that's still theft, no matter what there's no way that you would still not consider that the- theft. you would still call the police and say, "Hey, someone put a gun to my head and told me they need to give me their stuff right um, But if you go one step further and he says, all right, well, he comes up and he has a friend with him and he says to the and he says to the friend, "Hey, I need you to tell him to give me this stuff or else I'm going to come in there and take his stuff that's still I mean even though there's a th- there's a middle person between them. Between you and the thief, there's still that's still considered theft. But if he comes to your house and he has ten people behind him, and, and they said, you know what, we we just broke into your house, um, but we're gonna do a vote to see who, whether uh, we should be able to take your stuff or not. Nine of us or all ten of us vote yes, we can take your stuff, and then you, be, hey, you get a vote though. You can decide. You can vote, and you get you vote no. Okay, well we win. Majority wins, so we're gonna take your stuff. You know, we're going to take 10% of your stuff, but we're still going to give it to the poor. No, it's still theft, no matter how you put it. Well, how many people, does that? if that person comes with a million people, all million people in you. So there's a million, one people, all of them vote to take your stuff, except for you. That's still theft. No matter how many people vote to take your stuff, it's still theft, right? Um, and then people talk about, you know, well, you're in a social contract and the government, well, you know, you're in a social contract that you have with your government that says that they are gonna rule over you and so forth, but not any person in the United States except for a person that's governing has, you know, sworn an oath to the Constitution specifically, or unless you're in the military, I guess, you've sworn an oath to defend the Constitution, but you didn't defend you didn't swear an oath to defend the federal government. You just squared an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States. And that's what that comes down to, right? So, um but there's no social contract, there's nothing like that. That you know that you can rationalize it all you want, but it's still considered theft, and that's where libertarians get the idea that li- that taxation is theft. Now the government will only take as much as it feels like it can take from you before you're willing to say no. I'm not doing it. You know, Peter Schiff. I think his father ended up dying in prison because he was a ta- he was a tax protester that refused to pay taxes, and he ended up dying in prison because of that. Um, there are people that do that, but most people are not. Most people are willing to say, Hey, you know what? I'm okay with giving out, you know, 20% of my income. I'll do it begrudgingly, but I'll still do it. Then there's a very rare few that say, Oh yeah, I love paying taxes. My sister would say that. Oh, I'm fine with paying taxes. And my response to her is, well then write him a bigger check then, you know, Write a bigger check if you feel like it's going to the right place because I don't think that when the federal government gets your money, it's being spent wisely. I think that every single person that's listening and most people that will listen in the future to this show would say the same thing. They would say when they send a check to the federal government, they don't feel like it's being spent the way they would want it to be spent. Are you okay with it being spent on bombs that bomb people in Yemen? Are you okay with it being spent on bombs that are bombing people in Syria? Are you okay with it being going overseas to other countries that you don't support like Egypt, Israel, You know, other countries that are being, you know, taken care of on our dime. Are you okay with it? Are you okay with that money going to places like that? If you're a Christian, are you okay with it going to abortions? Things of that nature, right? Um no. You you're not okay with a lot of those things that it's being spent on. So you can't say that you're you're okay with paying taxes because of that because you don't have a choice of where it goes you have no choice whatsoever where that money goes to but you still have to pay it no matter what and if you don't they will come to your house and take you away and put you in jail and kill you if they have to in order to make it happen and you don't you doubt me but they will take you and put you in a cage if you don't pay your taxes and if you resist that action from the federal government then they will shoot you on the spot if they had to so I'm not okay with that. I think that it's wrong, and I think that we do need something like a repeal of the 16th Amendment in that world. Um, but that's tax day, guys. That's what you're doing. You're living for the first, you know quarter of your year to pay for your federal government. It's all going to them, and then now, the rest of the year, you're free to make your own money, essentially. But don't make too much, or else you'll fall into that 35 to 40 percent tax bracket, and boom. Now you're working until June, you know, May or June in order to pay that tax bill. So, um, but that's the, I mean, that, that's what tax day is. It's, you know, April 16th. I wonder why they put it on that date because that is the day that most people work for free from the federal government, you know, to pay for your federal government. And I don't know if that's most people, but a lot of people are working free up until that point. So, um. Yeah, but Tax Day, that is one thing that I missed while I was on my cruise. I did not get to protest Tax Day on the 16th. So uh, that was me on my cruise. But hey, man, it is great to be back. I am very happy to be back to bring you guys episodes daily, Monday through Friday. Um, you can go ahead and follow me at my website. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And all of those, if you type in I on the Empire, or if you go to the website, IonTheEmpire.com, you should be able to find me, right? And if you uh, would like to go ahead and subscribe to this show, I'd appreciate you doing that as well. Uh, share it with your friends. If you're listening right now, go ahead and share it with your friends as well because they need to hear uh, this message it's a libertarian message focused on the on the election, but I think I'm going to start going into some more ideas as well outside of the election on a on occasion as well. Doing these little eye on the empire pieces as well, these things that are focused on foreign policy. Uh, we will see. I, I you know I'm taking this show in different directions, but I definitely want to bring you guys all that news and the related events as well because that's what I. Uh, That's what I started doing, and that's what I'm enjoying doing. But share this show with your friends, share this podcast with your friends, and then go ahead and subscribe and give me a five-star rating and review if you can. And then come back tomorrow to listen again. All right? So I appreciate you, and uh, hopefully today I hope to have clear vision for the 2020 election.